You're now listening to Sanity at the Movies, Staff Pick Edition. Boy, are you in for a treat today. Hi, I'm Ethan, Jake, Ben. Hey, that's me. Jake sounds like that. Ben sounds like... Hello. And today we are talking about a film called Hot Rod, Andy Samberg comedy with a bunch of SNL comedy. Yeah. Lauren Michaels joint. SNL kind of comedy with a bunch of early oddies kind of comedy dudes. You got your Bill Hader in there. You got your Danny McBride. You got a young up and coming Elsa Fisher as the girl. You've got Ian McShane from Deadwood and John Wick as the dad. I guess he's not a, he's, he's not a comedy star. But it's Isla Fisher, right? Isla is it? Uh, that's yeah, it's, I it's I've only ever read it. I, I don't know that it's ever come up in conversation yeah. before. Uh yeah, so Ben, this was your staff pick. We got two of her movies in a row. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I need to pick one of her movies for my staff pick, but I will have to go through her filmography and see if there's anything that can justify. It would be funny to do a Il- Isla Fisher yeah. triple f- or feature for a staff pick. Yeah. Ben, you yeah. picked this movie. Explain yourself. Well, Wedding I, Crashers is obviously your choice or Rango. Rango, yeah. Rango. Sure. I do oh, not like man, Rango. Man, no. She does good voice work in Rango, though. Let's see. I, how can I explain myself? I was going to do a Chinese martial arts movie, like an artsy one that lots of people haven't seen that I'm a big fan of. It's kind of weird. And then I mentioned Hot Rod, and Nathan said, Hey, it's hard to find a good comedy. And <laughs> so we found one, and it's Hot Rod. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've had I the, mean, this is one of those movies that people that I've had on my list to watch for a long time because you'll run into the most random people and right. they'll say it's one of That's their right. favorites or it's a touch point. It's one of those movies that kind of has a little bit of a following, like a Tommy Boy or something, yeah. where to, to some weird people, it's it's their thing. And so... It's one of those movies that not a lot of people have seen, but people that have seen it tend to either totally dismiss it and forget about it two seconds later or remember the lines and chuckle just thinking about it. So it's one of those, if you haven't heard of it. Yeah. It's very much an Andy Samberg. Well, Ben, I think you've got some context context for for us. Yeah, sure. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. You may think you know what you're dealing with, but believe me, you don't. All right. All right, here we go. This movie was written by the South Park writer Pam Brady as a vehicle for Will Ferrell. It's a great way for any movie to start its existence. Yep. As we all know, really, is there a better way for a movie to start its existence? Probably not. So, but anyway, didn't happen. No Will Ferrell. Lauren Michaels, creator of SNL, thought the script should go to The Lonely Island, which if you know your SNL history, like I don't, since I didn't grow up watching it at all, ever, you know that The Lonely Island was the three-man comedy team. Yes. Began working for SNL in 2005, made up of Andy Samberg, the eventual star of this lovely movie, along with Akiva Schaefer, who directed this explosive movie, and also Yorma Takone, who took co-starred in this riveting romantic thriller comedy we call Hot Rod. Did you have Chat Chat DTBP right here? I just I just tried to write like Chat GPT would write it, Nathan. <laughs> so uh, these guys, The Lonely Island, it's sort of a your rags to riches, Berkeley to Hollywood kind of story. The American Dream hustled for years to make videos and comedy shorts and shows, had an apartment together, just spent all their free time and stayed up late at night doing things until they finally caught the attention of SNL. So to give them props, they worked really hard from what I read about, and they caught the attention. And they're really juvenile and gross. 
even giving the name of some of the music comedy yeah. videos they've I can, done would I can be think of the name inappropriate. Of their most famous song. Yeah. That's right. And you you probably you may have heard of it, listener. But it would be inappropriate on this show. I can tell you that they wrote Everything is Awesome for the Lego movie. It's cool. They also more or less are responsible for the recent Chip and Dale movie, which I would kind of like to see some people saw. Did you see it? More clever than it was funny, I thought. Right, yeah. okay. And they were involved in the SNL movie MacGruber, which I read is very gross garbage. <clears throat> They're involved in an indie film called Brigsby Bear. Did you ever see the trailer for Brigsby I'm Bear? I'm vaguely familiar with the title. but It's like a weird indie movie, and it looks a little bit interesting to me. So when I say they, one or more of these guys Mm. in any given instance. So they're around. They're doing stuff. Andy Samberg, he's had comedy roles around, voice acting work around. He is most recently Ben Riley in Across the Spider-Verse. He's that baby Brent McHale character. If you've seen the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs movies, main character in Hotel Transylvania. He does voice work. He's been in a lot of TV. There's a police procedural sitcom that I've never seen. That's pretty funny, actually. Is it? Brooklyn okay. Nine-Nine, yeah. Okay. It's, it's kind of I, I, it sounded kind of funny. And then SNL, he was there for from 2005 to 2012. He was acting improv. His buddies were writing. Um, it's kind of weird because they're a trio, but Andy Samberg is a name now. Andy and Samberg is a name. His yeah, buddies that's, that's date right. are not. No, they are not. He's married to a folk singer named Joanna Newsom, if you've ever heard of her. She is like a weird, artsy, ambitious folk writer who I used to like. And she's the second cousin twice removed of Gavin Newsom. Um, so there you go. And then Isla Fisher, the only other thing, I, this is just really random. She is the wife of Sasha Baron Cohen, who's a really, I really don't like him. Improv prankster guy. Yeah, Borat. Yeah, Borat. So, I don't know, it's kind of weird. Roger Ebert liked this movie. I think he gave it three out of four stars. That doesn't shock me. Yeah. No, he thought it was kind of sweet. That shocks me a little bit. But mm, I think there's some sweetness to it, but we can talk about that. Yeah, well, no, oh, oh, we're going to talk about it. Believe oh, me. Oh, boy. That's really all that I have. Nathan, anything else? You know SNL more than me? You no, I mean, these guys? Lorne, Michaels likes to, do. Lorne Michaels likes to pump out these movies, but I feel like the but heyday. I, you, could spot, you could spot that it was written for Will Ferrell from the beginning, I thought. Yeah, I mean, I I very much felt that. That's why I said when Nathan said he didn't like Andy Samberg, I said mm-hmm. he's just playing a Will Ferrell character. It. I grew up watching SNL like from as early as uh-huh. I can remember. It was just sort of like you watched SNL and you pretended you'd watch it at home, like as a kid, ten years old or whatever, nine years old, eleven years old, on a Saturday night by yourself or something, so that you could remember some jokes and uh-huh. laugh about it at school on Monday or Tuesday. And so the whole point was, it was more funny to rehearse the jokes and rehearse the lines. And you watched all the SNL movies, you know, you watched the mm-hmm. character, the yeah. actors when they, whether that was a Tommy Boy or that Adam Sandler joint or anything mm-hmm. like that moving up. Yeah. Well, these guys did rewrite the script pretty heavily. This was the crew. I, by the time I got to college, so 2005, I'm in college and SNL wasn't a thing for me anymore mm-hmm. at that point. And so everybody of this era and beyond is just didn't you didn't have any cachet. The whole cachet was just something to do with the guys, or something to talk about with the guys, something to laugh about. So yeah, that I don't, was over for me by then. I don't like SNL that much. I mean, I think it can be very funny. Obviously, mm-hmm. it has extremely talented people, and sometimes they hit one out of the park. But too often, it's catchphrase humor, which I despise. It's mm-hmm. here's a 
line that the audience is familiar with or a scenario or a character that the audience is familiar with and we're going to repeat it and then they're going to cheer. It's more going for applause actually than it is Laughs. for a laugh. I mean, for example, the, the famous one is the Van Down by the River sketch, which is a really funny sketch written right, by Bob Odenberg. the first one, but the then first. from then on, it's just like everybody wants that sketch again and so you just throw them out there. And yeah, he's just doing the same beats. Does and, the same thing, and everybody cheers, and they're excited about it. It's Celebrity Jeopardy is the same way. Although Celebrity Jeopardy would occasionally get some really good lines or jokes in. Yeah, I mean, I, Celebrity Jeopardy is one of those things where the first time I watched it, I laughed, and then they kind of did the same thing. So, you know, there there are different... SNL's been around now for, what, 40 years? I mean, there are different eras of things that you can enjoy or appreciate depending on who you grew up with and what you remember and what you're nostalgic for and what your sensibilities are. Norm MacDonald's got his whole famous run on Weekend Update that's pretty fun just in terms of... Norm MacDonald was always awesome. The antagonism between him and the audience and the producers <laughs> that's very palpable in those segments if you watch them. But yeah, this I think probably is important to say that all these people are after our time, basically. I mean, I don't think yeah. any of us grew up with this group. The, Sam, right. the Andy Sandbergs, the... Chris Parnell, although I do think that several of them are quite funny. Yeah, I don't know that there's anything else I want to add in terms of context. I mean, I think it's a factory. I mean, these kinds of movies are kind of factory, in a, in a sense, factory made in that Lauren Michaels produces them and they have a certain sensibility and they, but some are much better than others. And where does this one rank? Well, for that, you'll have to hear our point of view. Luke, you're going to find that many of the truths we cling to Depend greatly on our own point of view. A new fantastic point of view. Good as a point of view, anyway. Ben, you obviously find this movie to be funny. I do. Well, I hadn't seen it in a long time. You I wondered little, if it would hold up, if I would still find it funny. If it had sucked, you would have had a little bit of plausible deniability. I would have had a little bit. I didn't think it sucked. I thought it's actually pretty funny. It's not a great movie. It has some things that are really funny. We all laughed. We yeah. watched it together. We laughed. Mm. Yeah. It, yeah. it rem- Sorry, I'm stepping on you. Go ahead. No, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll it reminded back. me of all that stuff I grew up with. Okay. But uh, offbeat enough. Yeah. Not quite as just hitting all the, the standard SNL movie beats. Yeah. That I had fun with it. Although it, it definitely fell flat in a couple places that were mm-hmm. just like, that joke is not funny. Yep. Yeah, but, just he's walking away. The car is going to hit him. The car is going to hit yeah, him. Once yeah, the car going to hit him yeah, from the exactly. side. Yeah, exactly. And then there was crickets after that. But and then the dude who thinks it's really funny to dance, they all th- thought it was really funny that he was going to dance. Super so not funny. No, really, nothing funny about that. Nope. You can't be too judgy because they're obviously throwing a, a bunch of stuff at the wall. I mean, it's just like an airplane yeah, movie right. or something, and seeing what sticks. And you yeah, know, that's how you do a movie like this: is that's you right. try really stupid things. Yeah, you let people work. loose and you let them be creative and yeah, create a character. And some of them are yeah. I, I would put this in the top uh, if you just want to judge it by its genre: SNL movies. I would say, I don't know what the gold standard is. Maybe there isn't a gold standard. I haven't seen enough to tell you. I mean, you've got your kind of semi-classics like the Blues Brothers or uh, Wayne's World or I guess some people would say Tommy Boy, but I've never really been a big fan of those guys or that movie, even though, man, people love that thing. Like everyone that I grew up with. That guy in a little coat. Fat guy in a little coat. Yep. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. He's fat and he's wearing a little coat and he's talking about it. This is, this is, if you just want to count every every sort of Will Ferrell movie in this genre, I think you should because he he's only playing a character that he created on SNL. I think every Will Ferrell movie is huh. is pretty much an SNL movie, and and he's transcended it some. But 
he really is always some version of that same angry little boy character. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Like he, he can be in a musical with Ryan Reynolds and it's still going to have some SNL vibes when he's. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the most he's transcended it. What's that romantic comedy where he's an auditor? That movie I actually liked. It, uh, he's playing opposite Maggie Gyllenhaal. It's actually pretty good. That's not Stranger by Fiction. That's well, Stranger, Stranger by... than Fiction. Yeah. It playing opposite time, Maggie anyway. Gyllenhaal's help. Good. Uh, yeah, I know. Good ground. Absolutely. It anybody. just made it feel like not entirely his movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which was cool. I, but I would I would put this in the top ranks of those kinds of movies. Just it it didn't have for me a heart. Sounds like you guys maybe a little bit more were sympathetic to the actual. You're not supposed to care that much about the story, but no, I, I didn't think it had a heart either. Sounds like maybe <laughs> sounds like maybe Ben was a little bit more charmed by the actual I was. story. I was. Um, I, and I understand nobody took the story seriously. The filmmakers uh, didn't take the story seriously. No. But it's just a matter of are you excited by the in between stuff or are you just there for the laughs? I was only there for the laughs. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Ian McShane chewed up the scenery and some of the in-between stuff, so it was still fun. Yeah. yeah. I'd say Ian McShane was great. Danny McBride, who I usually don't like, got a laugh out of me. Like, he hit every time. I thought he was really funny. <laughs> he was really funny. He, he, he was awesome, yeah. Bill Hader was really funny. Bill, Bill Hader was funny. Yeah. Bill Hader is one of those guys that I think I don't like, but every time I see him, I kind of like him, and I really like him in interviews. Well, huh. Bill Hader, I wish he'd played the main role. So this is my problem with the movie. I do not like Andy Sandberg. I just don't. And it's like a visceral reaction. I don't like his sensuous lips. I mean, I know that's unfair, but it's just, I don't like the guy. I don't like his man boy thing. I'd rather watch Will Ferrell do they're a man all, boy thing. They're all man boy uh-huh. characters. I, I know, whole... I know, I know. And But I'd rather watch the guy that played his brother play the part. I'd rather put Danny McBride yeah, in the yeah, part. Yeah, the guy played his brother. Who's that guy? That's Jorman Taccone. He's, Jorman one of the, well, he's one of the three. He's awesome. Yeah, I like he's him. He's really, yeah. he's a, he's... Yeah. He brings well, a lot of charisma to the. You said Bill Hader, and it made me think of it because it's like, I don't like anything that Bill Hader does generally. Like, I'm kind of the same way. I'm like, I'm not going to like this. But then Bill Hader himself is just simply a likable guy. He is. He's and, just and a likable guy. Seems like he's having fun, and that really helps. Yeah, he's a weird looking guy. And part of, I think, his weird lookingness is a little off putting. Maybe that's why I think I don't like him, but he's a likable guy. He is a likable guy. That's why I like to watch him in interviews. He's one of the only SNL characters. Like, if I get some random interview talking about comedy or telling an anecdote or a story from something i don't even have to have seen it i'll if it's him i'll watch it for some reason Mm, yeah same i Um, i I like hater it just seems like he'd be a fun hang yeah i don't mind Andy samberg too of all those guys like in this movie especially that new era anybody from what jimmy fallon on he's kind of the most likable guy yeah, I mean, he's, he's well, it's just a taste thing, Ben. Like, I, yeah, it, I'm not saying you're right and I'm wrong or I'm right. It's just, I don't like Andy Sandberg. I just, I don't know what it is. I don't like him. I, I, mean, I don't, I don't like, like him wholeheartedly. I just like him fine. You love role. Andy Sandberg. I think that's what the point of this pod. I wouldn't have bought all those posters. <laughs> I think of it as the Danny Kay thing, which I like Danny Kay. I'm not, that's not, I'm not saying I'm not, I don't like, but every year my family, one of our movies is White Christmas. One day we'll do it on this podcast. We yeah. were going to do it this year, but instead yeah. we did Batman Returns. Wonderful substitution as far oh, as Christmas yeah. movies go. <laughs> oh. But Danny Kay for me is a textbook example of someone who plays cowardly, emasculated characters without dignity. But you just somehow know from the vibe that the man himself is intelligent and has dignity and that helps and that he doesn't hate himself that he's a very yeah. adept performer who's very good at playing a man child and a lot of the older guy an older generation of guys whether it's abbott and costello or the marx brothers or whoever you're like uh, I probably if i hung out with this guy he'd be a perfectly serious regular guy but he's mm-hmm. just a professional comedian 
And I really like and respect that mm-hmm. where it gets where Andy Samberg, I say all that to sort of explain the thing that I don't like about Andy Samberg, which is there is an actual self-hatred there that I find not particularly palpable. The the thing that characterizes mm-hmm. a lot of these guys is either self-loathing or just a visceral anger mm-hmm. underlying all their performances. Mm-hmm. That's generally true of comedians in general, right? They're angry with the world for some reason or other. Which is fine. We can talk about whether it's actually fine on a spiritual psychological level, but I don't, obviously there are comedians that we all like that would be typified by that. Well, yeah, but there's a, there's, those comedians generally have an honesty about that, right? Or a professionalism about it. And what you don't like is this sort of sense, Will Ferrell really wants you to believe or to always play this sort of like sweet, charming and he's not. That's why and I he's can't not. stand elf. That's why I he's hate not elf. sweet and he's yeah. not charming. He's just an angry elf. And that like that vibe is always there and it's always yeah. just off enough. And you either choose to swallow it and he's good at convincing people and people want to have a fun time at the movies. And so everybody just wants to swallow it. But you have to swallow it or take it knowing that it's a lie. And there's a certain level of integrity or honest. So Norm Macdonald's an, another sort of self-hating mm-hmm. and I hate the world guy, but I, he's, he, there's, a, there's an honesty in his comedy and in his humor. I don't know. Great comedians are great truth tellers one way or another. And that's what you need to be able to feel and see no matter mm-hmm. how their performance comes off. Right. And so just to compare in this movie, Danny McBride, he's channeling something real. He's just an angry redneck guy. And there's I, no lie. <laughs> I don't love it, but I feel like I'm just like, yep, that's Danny McBride. It's exaggerated. It's silly. He's mocking himself, but also he's channeling something real. Andy Samberg feels like a really smart, smarmy Jew, which is great. I love smart, smarmy Jews. But then he plays <laughs> dumb middle America guys. And I really, there's something really distasteful about, it's hard to play dumber than you actually are, even for comedians, even for comedians and stupid comedies. You have to... I don't know how to articulate this, but one of the hardest things I think to do is to play dumb in a smart way. Norm MacDonald was a master of that in interviews. Was just You always knew he was smarter than the character he was playing. Though. But he also let you in on the joke. And, and there's just something about... I'd like to see Andy Samberg actually do more Adam Sandler kind of smarmy, sarcastic, or David Spade style. Like I think that sort of thing would actually work. He, he always wants to play sort of open-faced... I'm just like, I don't buy this. You're not an innocent. Whatever else you are, I do not buy innocence from you. That I cannot swallow. And I find that off-putting. I think he'd be a great villain or a great sarcastic best friend. Or There's all kinds of things I well, would that's what, from him. You know, when hmm. you talk about, when you bring up Adam Sandler, so his shtick is very tiresome and uh, not especially funny. But there is an integrity to it, I think, that's different than some of those guys. Because... All of his characters are just as angry as he is. And Adam Sandler at least has the courage to say, at the end of the day, I'm cool. Uh, Like Adam Sandler actually thinks highly of himself and his movies actually basically reflect that. His characters are cool and they deserve to get what they want and they deserve the girl. And they always do. And they always get it. They might be smarmy. Like Adam Sandler, actually, if you just met him, like especially in his prime, he was a handsome guy. Like he's a well-spoken, like... Mm-hmm. He, he's, he would be a cool, he would be the master of any room that he walked into. So you could say he's playing dumb when he's playing Waterboy, but then he kind of thinks Waterboy is cool. 
and I hate Adam Sandler, but yes, I think there is an integrity to Adam Sandler. Yeah, you, you don't have to like his shtick to recognize a certain level of integrity to it. That's all. I think, and that's why I think the comedians that have integrity can switch over and play serious roles. And the ones that can't can never find a, a way in to a serious role because they don't, there's no fundamental sincerity even in their comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I, for, for whatever reason, it works for me. I'm, I'm wondering why as I hear you talk. Because I don't know that I, this movie doesn't make me like Andy Samberg as a performer. Right. Actually, I just, I kind of, I do buy some of the main, like I want to be respected by my stepdad story. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I have a little feeling for it. Like I, it's sweet. Yeah. His stepdad actually loves him. I liked that. I, I like that. It's I, not pure mean meanness, in other words. And the movie doesn't actually it's not just about being mean to your to your adopted son or your stepdad. It's it's like, no, they there's there's actually something here. And there and maybe maybe it's that Sandberg is actually successfully channeling, I want to be respected. Mm-hmm. And I feel angry that I'm not. Yeah, I just I wonder if I wouldn't like this movie more actually if it was five percent meaner. Or if the character was a little meaner, because I feel that I sense that in Andy Simberg and I want to stop <laughs> pretending to be so lovable. It's just like, you're not lovable, dude. Yeah. Uh, that is what works about like Danny McBride is he doesn't actually want you to like him. And then Bill Hader, you slot him in the role and you're just like, I love this guy. And the movie, I think, jumps up a notch. But I'll tell you what I do like because hmm. I don't just want to beat up on the movie. Uh, I'm not all, I'm backing Nathan on this, but I'm not all the way with Nathan on the, I think Andy Samberg is a fine job in the lead role. I, I, but I very much feel what you're saying about him. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I disagree. I think I you put a likable non-comedian, and it it actually really jumps. I think just put he, a straight man, in. and then have Andy Sandberg be one of the friends. Like I can see that. Yeah, I don't know who it would be somebody that could play young and gullible, and so there's a bunch. We should maybe just talk about the other performances real quick. Yeah, because you've got funs. You've got Ian McShane yeah. doing scenery, like we said. You've got Sissy Spacek, who I think. It's great. She's yeah, great. She's awesome. I, I don't know why she took the part. I hope she brings an awful lot of dignity to yes. <laughs> a very dumb movie, and in a way that's sweet. She well, actually, it elevates the movie. It elevates the movie. It, really it makes does. you buy that they, there's actually a family there on some level. Well, yeah, because it, it just puts a little bit of grounding there. That yeah, if every other character is lighter than air, yeah, you know, yeah. Are you guys both really liked uh, the girl, uh, Isla Fisher? Isla Fisher. Yeah, I thought she's a big was awesome. Fan. I do think that she was really good. I I feel the empathy of, of being a creator, and uh, I rightly or wrongly, I imagine myself being Andy Samberg and having to give her that script, and I'm embarrassed because I haven't written anything for her to do besides be pretty and cool in love with me and in love with me and kiss me and wear sort of not super immodest outfits but you immodest. know modest outfits designed by nice a nice form fitting dress picked out by a, a, the dudes, and a little more sometimes the dudes that designed the movie yeah and i'm just you know it's the same part that every young ingenue has to play at some point in her life and then if she's lucky she goes on to better more meteor roles but i'm just like maybe it's just like i wish feminism would die so i didn't have to worry about that but i'm just like I, it makes me nervous every scene i'm like did she like being there did she like playing this part that's totally ridiculous neuroses on my part. And I don't always feel that with... Uh, she doesn't feel like she doesn't want to be there. No, no she does a great job she of does. dignifying... The beautiful thing about a, her a part performance. Yeah, yeah, you guys both said she made it a better M. She would make a better MJ. Well, she gets, a, the, she gets a yeah. Kirsten Dunst opener from yeah, the girl Spider-Man, next, right? The girl the next door. Mm-hmm. It's like the tra- taking out the trash scene or whatever. Yeah. Yep. 
And it's a nice little mirror of that scene. But she, yeah, she plays a much more sweet, innocent girl next door, MJ type character that was just really likable, really enjoyable to watch her. It was really funny just to watch her be sort of head over heels for this stupid lead character. Yeah, I think if I, if I was doing it, I think I'd crank it up to, I'd crank that up actually. I'd say you're going to play really sweet. You're going to go over the top a little bit more. I don't want you to ground this movie. I want you to be another ridiculous part of it because I would just feel like that would be giving the performer more dignity. But, I, uh, I I could see that. But she does bring a certain flavor. She gets to teach Rod Tai Chi. Yeah. <laughs> really silly scene. She makes him crap his pants. That was funny. She gets on the dirt bike and does all the cool Stunts tricks. better than he does, yeah. Yeah. It's a tricky thing to play the straight woman. I don't know. It's probably latent feminist, feminism or fear of feminism that makes me imagine this completely neurotic fake scenario she's probably just happy to do a paycheck and sure i'll wear a low-cut dress and show up in your movie i'm giving her too much dignity probably she did it maybe she did do it uh she didn't go on to that much bigger better things but the thing we reviewed last week rise of guardians rise of the guardians the owls of gahool confessions of a shopaholic rango rango wedding crashers wedding crashers Oh, she had a real run as the girl. I guess that's what you got to do. Hey, boys have to do it too in girl movies. If you're like a rom-com, you might just play the boy. They're not, girls aren't the only ones that have to play prizes sometimes. She was in The Great Gatsby. You're going to have to get old like Hugh Grant before you can start to play a real role. I shouldn't feel bad. You did a, yeah. Stories need people who... Like, it is appropriate for a girl to be the prize in a movie or in a story. It goes back to Grimm's fairy tales with the princess. Like, it's fine. And it's just like you work at McDonald's and then get a better job. You play the girl, you play the prize. In a movie like this with such ridiculous characters, you I think you want the love interest to feel, to not feel sideways to the movie or too good for the, for your lead. Yeah, that's true. And she's simultaneously too good for the lead, but very sincere feels very sincerely attracted to him and she's just a dork like the rest of them she just happens to be a very pretty dork yeah yep and so it works it works she she certainly gives maybe the best low-key performance in terms of pretending to actually be in love with this guy and you know like making all those scenes work that could very easily not work um who else do we want to highlight his friends were all fun we've already will said arnett that was fun will arnett as the evil stock bad boyfriend Shooter uh, McGavin was really funny. Oh man! Well, uh, Will Arnett always is funny. He's just never not funny. Um, and he's not. He's very funny here. And he's Batman. Yep, he is <laughs> very funny as Batman. Although I, I personally like the Lego Movie better than the Batman Lego Movie. I don't know whether that's a popular opinion or an unpopular opinion. No, that's, that's a opinion. very popular opinion. Right, there we go. Glad to have a popular opinion. Ian McShane's funny. Chris Parnell and SNL standby. Always played the kind of once once his face died. Oh, what is that guy's name? Phil Hartman. Once Phil Hartman died, Chris Parnell played all the kind of smarmy authority figures, bad bad principles and mm-hmm. hypocritical doctors and stuff like that. And he plays the owner of an AM radio station in this movie. And he's got does a great job. He, he's really funny. He's got probably the crudest part in a not particularly crude movie, but with his tattoo. Yeah, yeah. There's a few gross jokes, but it's yeah. surprisingly restrained. Pretty tame for one of these movies. Yeah. Even the part that you guys alluded to about pooping the pants was more tasteful than you and I expected it to be. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, it's one of the things that makes this movie not terrible to watch. 
Yeah, and it makes you feel like maybe Andy Sandberg really is an innocent, naive guy that just wants to make quality entertainment. Yeah, then you look at the rest of the things he's made. Yeah, Yeah, I don't buy that for a second. But (laughs) he squeezed an F-bomb in there. Yeah. Yeah. You get one per 13. Right, or that's maybe now these days you get two, I don't know. It was pretty funny. I I thought it was was well chosen. (laughs) It was well chosen. (laughs) (laughs) I can name one person in this room that wasn't me that laughed at it. Maybe two, maybe three. How many people are in this room? (laughs) (laughs) You'll never know. (laughs) You don't know who's standing there. It's a very silly, if we have not actually said this, it is a very silly airplane style. They describe it as surrealist comedy, like surreal stuff. It's the closest thing like an SNL movie is going to come to being like in in Napoleon Dynamite sort of off. Yeah. Although less grounded than Napoleon Dynamite. Sure. Yeah. Much more cartoony. and Sure. Yeah. You can imagine it playing very, very well as a cartoon. Yeah. I thought of Napoleon Dynamite too. It definitely has some of those, Mm -hmm. a little bit of indie sensibility to it. Yeah. Yeah. Just offbeat enough. Yeah. Offbeat. I mean, the funny part of the movie for me is just the part that I rewound because I thought it was so funny was they just cut to his friends. (laughs) And Danny McBride is just doing, I don't know, it's pointless to try and describe a joke like this, but <laughs> it's just, we're cutting to the next scene and the entrance of the next scene is they're in media arrest and he is just like giving them high fives, like he's trying to hurt them or something. Yeah, do this very lame <laughs> high five thing. And then he's very, he does it for 30 seconds and then it's, that's how it's done, boys. That's how it's done. Yeah. And that's how it's done. And he's just very satisfied with himself. And then the scene moves on. And it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's just a. <laughs> and the whole time Bill Hader's just sort of sitting there with his hand up and Yorma Yorma Taconi is he's got to hold his he's been doing it long enough he's holding his hand up with his other arm <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah they've got enough stuff like that that's, that's real fun or they'll take something that's not funny and then they'll push it until it's funny yeah I thought it had one of the best examples of the old dusty uh, let's just makes this thing go on for longer than it needs to. Like cool Beans. Yeah. Cool, cool, I hated that one. Cool Beans. <laughs> that did I, make me laugh after a second. I, I hated wanted, it. <laughs> I wanted Cool Beans to be funnier than it was, but yeah. actually the part when he fell off the mountain. Dude. Uh, yeah, that's another one. That, that whole punch dancing where he starts flipping and doing gymnastics <laughs> and then falls off the mountain. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. I don't know if this is funny enough. Let's just make it keep going yeah and then it kind of peters out and then restarts it's just i'll tell you what this movie does have is good comic timing it gets laughs out of he's gonna ride his bike and towards the ramp and then he's gonna just basic slapstick stuff he's gonna yeah fall instead of making it it really times and executes and does the stunts well with those sorts of things so that most of them are funny there's a couple that don't land Yeah, that was one thing I remember appreciating about this movie. Oh, you actually know how to edit physical comedy. Mm -hmm. I don't expect that out of this kind of movie. I expect it to be badly done. But this movie... Did it have you out of the gate? Or did you have to warm to it? Uh, I feel like I'm the most out on it in general. So I think... But I think it had me... Oh, I don't know that you had more out on it than I am. I probably laughed more than you did, actually. Yeah. But I was resenting Andy Sandberg the whole time. I really was having a problem with him. It had me, I mean, I think it won my trust by editing well on the first dumb slapstick joke. I was like, okay, so that was pretty funny. And then you knew to cut instantly to something else and not linger on that. I cringed the moment we got the eagle because I was just like, okay, are we just going to watch a bunch of strung together, lame SNL skits this whole movie? And are they all going to be just lame right? Uh, yeah. stupid? Like I was not with it. It took me a while 
it earned its laughs, got him out of me. Yeah. I I don't like to not like movies, so I want to laugh with it if it can yeah. make me laugh. I want to say the fact that I laughed as much as I did, given the fact that I was like not vibing on the main character at all, is a testament to what's great about the movie and maybe what's great about Andy Sandberg's sense of humor. Like it was I laughed thoroughly. I had a thorough laugh experience. Yeah. Without ever actually giving my heart to the I'm movie. glad it was Andy Sandberg and not Will Ferrell. Oh man, I can't imagine liking this movie with Will Ferrell. Yeah, it? I've gone back and forth in my head about that. I, I do think, uh, yeah, you're probably right. I think you're right. Yeah, I don't laugh that much in those movies. I'm trying to think of another movie where I laugh that much. Schindler's List. Ha 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 ha, got me, Nathan. <laughs> Ben's favorite comedy. Ben's favorite comedy. Oh. <laughs> Talk about some dark humor. Yeah. Ben does not actually laugh during Chandler's List. He really doesn't feel much of anything at all. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> never even seen Schindler's List. Yeah. You don't think that any of the stuff in the movie actually happened. So <laughs> find a way to make Ben sound terrible. Wow. Um, <laughs> did it. You've done it. Uh, what else was good in this movie? I really did. They, I really did love how much they committed to the bit of his father-in-law giving him no respect. That's the kind of self-hatred that I really enjoyed. The uh, just um, never will be there be a moment where my father figure doesn't <laughs> mock and belittle. <laughs> I He's like, dying. And yeah. I like that it followed through and that he actually did beat up his father-in-law until he said he respected him as a man. Yeah, and then beat him up some more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, it was, it was really yeah. funny. And Ian McShane is obviously great for that kind of thing. Oh, man. <laughs> there's there's fun stuff. There's something that turns into a, a musical number, a heartwarming musical number that yeah, turns into like a, a horrible sort of... riot. <laughs> I kind of love that. Yeah, no, I like that. That was uh, there were some great, just surreal sort of uh, airplane stuff. I would have moments. loved to have watched this movie with my buddies in high school. Yeah, this would be a great sleepover movie. It would be a great just like hang with the guys, turn it on at one o'clock in the morning when you and just laugh. Some dumb mom comes and, and makes you shut laugh. up. Like yeah, yeah just that. laugh all night long. Yeah, we're definitely and then laugh all the it. next day or whatever. Yeah. yeah, but whatever. When I was in my thirties, when I first saw it, it nailed me. I was like perfectly ripe for it so whatever i left that i guess i could do that with a couple of my older boys with this one maybe yeah might be able to it's not super crude i mean that is nice now don't get me wrong folks if you're listening yeah, it's crude humor it's, crude. it's got some crude stuff yep. it's an appropriate pg-13 it's got some language it's got yep got the language got some scatological humor got some clingy outfits on what's her face but by the standards of this kind of movie clean as a whistle yeah that's right yeah, absolutely. Cleaner than any Adam Sandler movie you oh, grew up with. Oh, by or far, yeah. You didn't. You, you kind of expect you're going to get one scene of just like really gross bathroom or really gross. Yeah, you're going to get some sex. really gross thing. Or for some reason, she's going to be wearing white and get soaking wet in the pool or something dumb, and nothing like that happens. I felt like it went out of its way to not do not that. Do that. I appreciated that a lot. And I think I read somewhere that they actually edited a bunch of stuff out. Like they did, they actually shot some stuff like that and they just decided, nah, we gotta, this movie needs to actually match some of the innocence of like, like it, it's better without it. The crew. Yeah. Um, as I think back on it, I think Danny McBride, I'm shocked to hear myself. So I'll say this, he might actually be the MVP for me. <laughs> just like everything that he did was, was funny. <laughs> he beat up that, that the old, guy. Old guy. <laughs> that that this is my hat now. This is my hat now. I'm the demons out of me. <laughs> <laughs> what in the world? 
Well, Danny McBride's just a good actor. You just buy that that's the guy. Like, that's him. That's, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Don't come out here threatening. Don't come out here threatening to beat us up. What was the other really uh, funny one that got me? <laughs> he, he just punches Bill Hader or whatever. Don't tell me how to live my life. <laughs> yes. Don't ever tell me how to live my life again. <laughs> what was the setup for that? Bill Hader gives him some corny platitude, like, oh, yeah, yeah. from Italian. Like, <laughs> Do we, I don't know how I feel about having a girl on the team. Well, there's some Italian proverb which roughly translates to if you can't change. You're going to die. <laughs> so maybe open up that mind of yours. And then Danny McBride sprays him with the hose. Sprays him with the hose. Like, yeah, don't you ever tell me how to live my life. <laughs> Stuff like that. It's like really funny. <laughs> this movie, this is the kind of movie that should win an Academy Award for editing. And I am in no way exaggerating because, you know, some yeah. prestige drama that wins that award. It's like, how hard is it to make people cry with your editing? Like the dad, the guy's dad is dying. You just shoot his face and then you shoot the dad. You put the scenes together. That's child's play. But the precision editing between what's funny and what's not, the way this movie tells you, like the Danny McBride thing made me think of it because there were multiple things with Danny McBride where they cut away at the right moment. And so that you knew yeah. that was a throwaway. We're not going back to that. And that in and of itself was funny. Like, oh, you just wasted my time. <laughs> I'm laughing at it, and then I'm this laughing at myself. For no life. reason to be in this movie except we just put it in here. And that's yeah. that's editing. That's rhythm. That's that's timing. And that's where these guys. Th that was their start, right? The director and Yorma, and then Andy Samberg. They were all they were making videos and learning their timing. Yeah, and that pays off. Yeah, can't the, fake that. The timing can't is fake that. yeah, and that's what's missing in so many of the Will Will Ferrell movies oh, or. Man. Adam Sandler movies with, with the same basic kinds of material, the same antisocial characters, the same sort of uh, something terrible is happening or someone saying a mean thing that you wouldn't expect at this moment or someone's going too far and being awkward. It's all the same kinds of setups and payoffs, but it's just thrown together. I think we talked about that spirited movie you, you referenced, the, the Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds. We talked about that? Yeah, we talked about it last Christmas when we oh, did okay. our Scrooge, Turn of the Scrooge or whatever mm -hmm. we called it. Yeah, that movie is such a great example of bad editing because it's actually got some funny Ryan Reynolds one-liners and stuff, but it's all just edited in the staccato sort of boom, ba doom, ba doom, ba doom, ba doom. It's never stopping. Here it goes. There's no pausing. Do 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 do. And yeah, I mean, you watch five minutes from that movie and then watch five minutes from Hot Rods, and you'll see the difference between great editing and terrible editing for comedy or for anything. I mean, it's just like one is done with skill and precision, and the other one stinks so mm -hmm. there you go anything else to say about ben's staff pick hot rods nope it's hot rod hot rod well the sequel get your alien and then your aliens you got your hot rod presumably there'll be hot rods ben how many ice skates embedded in your face was that what was embedded in you know i'm not sure that was a long not particularly funny section there are times when this movie just swings i actually like that pretty well <laughs> i didn't really like his acid trip that much well, yeah, okay. Or the humor of his face is messed up, I, but he's I, doing sincere things. I, I like that pretty well. Oh well, <laughs> I don't resent it. I mean, yeah. they tried; I, they just failed. How many Bill haters out of nine? Seven. Seven Bill haters. A lot of Bill haters. Yeah, Jake. Same question. Six and a half. Six and a half. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it six. Yeah, I'll give it seven. It got seven Bill haters worth of laughs out of me. I don't feel a lot of affection for it due to my Sandberg problem. 
Fair enough. What are your top three make me laugh comedies? Hey, that's a good question. I have no idea. Really. Like, I don't watch comedies. That's a really interesting question. I do like this style of humor a lot. Like, there's just very silly stuff. Like, Top Secret by the Zucker Brothers. Their follow-up to Airplane. Did have other guys ever seen no, that with no. Al Kilmer? It's just airplane style, gag after gag after gag. It is so... An example, it's so surreal, though, the stuff that they do. There's a scene where they're... I've, I think I've said this to you guys before, but there's a scene where there's a statue of a pigeon in the background and men come flocking down like as if they're birds and land, land on, on the pigeon. pigeon. And, and it's just like that level of, <laughs> we've actually lost the plot. Like, <laughs> this is... It sounds great. Absurdity. Uh, it's just pure surrealistic absurdity. I mean, I'm trying... Back in the day, I would have said Mystery Men up there in the top three. Yeah, I doubt I knew it. that movie by heart, but... I doubt that. Actually, hold on oh, I, I doubt it too. I don't want to go back and watch it. Plus, it's a long movie. And I feel like the, I don't know, what Jake, what's your answer? I don't know that I have one. I can't okay. think. I put this movie up there. I just don't know what to compare it to. The first time I saw Monty Python and the Holy Grail, that's I what, laughed that's really the thing hard, that but I, I don't want to say that because I don't yeah, want to be part of that culture. Yeah, the same thing. That's the movie that I had in my head that I didn't want to say. That's the only one I can think of that just... But people that own that movie just suck. I mean, I'm sorry yeah. if you're listening to this and you quote that movie all the time, but it just, I don't know. There's something very frat boy about the people that like that movie. I'm sorry to be a reverse snob. Or I, I like skits from that movie. Yeah, I did quite a bit. I would probably I've never liked it as a movie that I know of. Well, it's also blasphemous. Yeah, yeah I would. Very blasphemous. And When I got shown it, whoever showed me, my friend's dad, I guess, would fast forward that stuff. So I never even heard it. And there's long sexual yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's like plenty that. of gross stuff. There's reasons to not watch it. Listening to isolated parts as, as audio skits is actually better. There's movies that I go back to that are comedies, but I don't know that I go back to them to laugh. I mean, like I've seen Ghostbusters or Men in Black a thousand times. That yeah, but then you don't go to them as comedies. It, They're uh, more just adventure movies with some quips. With, yeah, just more on the lighter comedic side of things. Incredibles had some laughs back in the day, but that again is an adventure superhero movie. Yeah, I mean, I love the Marx question. Brothers, but yeah, again, it's more just I identify. There's something deep that I love about their anarchic spirit that speaks to me more than it's yeah. not that it's not that all the humor is exactly held up over ninety years or whatever it is. What was I going to say? What do I have here? The Groundhog Day, maybe. I saw that movie as a kid, and I hated it. Hated it? Yeah, I mean, I was a kid. Like when it first came out. Or I didn't whatever. see it as a kid, but... We rented it when it was a new release. And yeah. I, I didn't like it, didn't appreciate it. And I never, I've never gone back to it. I know people love it. And I'm sure that I would think differently of it now. But I think it's a pretty special movie in its way. Yeah. I think it's probably, it would probably make me laugh in a number of places. Well, it's, but again, it's more, I like that genre. Uh, what do they call it? They call it film blanc as opposed to film noir, film white. Movies about heavenly intervention and yeah. supernatural yep. things. Help us. Christmas Carol, It's a Wonderful Life, Groundhog Day. I love that genre when it's done well. So, Dr. Strangelove? That's more like, I appreciate this. That's right. That's right. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Just looking through this list of 100 greatest comedy movies, most of them I haven't seen. And some of them are just too gross. What are the top 10? Oh. This list is dumb. Timeout.com. So top 10. This is Spinal Tap. That's funny. But Air, not a, I've never seen it. Airplane. Love it. Monty Python's Life of Brian. and More blasphemy. Yep. Uh, Annie Hall. Woody uh, Allen is clever. Yeah. Groundhog Day. 
The Jerk. Never seen it. The Jerk's pretty funny. Yeah. Is it also gross? Probably. Yeah, it has some gross stuff okay. in it. The little special purpose stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's right. But it's, it's got some funny. With it's, Nail yeah. and I? What is uh, that? That's like a British movie yeah. that's like a dra- more a dramedy than it is. Uh, I don't think I'd like it. Team America, World Police. I told you this list sucks. Duck Soup. Duck Soup's great. Money Python and the Holy Grail. That's number 10. I have in my life seen and enjoyed all those movies on one level or another. Three Amigos really made me laugh the first time I saw it. I've never seen it again. I don't know if it would still work, but you boy, know, I didn't so try, wacky I did, and I did, surreal. I did not come to it until I was, you know, now going into middle age and it didn't really do it for me, I have to say. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it would make me laugh again. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I liked it quite a bit. Yep. Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein. Man, I did not ever find those movies funny. Those are, my I, dad I, I loves those movies. I haven't seen... I don't think I've ever seen Blazing Saddles. I haven't seen Young Frankenstein in a really long time. Huh. Just trying to think of movies that Mel Brooks movies, the type of thing that people love or like to say they love. There right. are sections of the producers, the original that I really love, but there are sections that are really boring and stupid. Hmm. Um, Blazing Saddles, I was never a huge fan of. Young Frankenstein, I mean, I love the genre, so it's a pretty good. I mean, Gene Wilder is pretty awesome. But the first time I saw Raising Arizona, it really made me laugh. I think it's an enjoyable movie. It doesn't, there's not a lot of laughs in it now. Oh, you know what? We just, I hate to say this, but we just watched it and it does hold up and it does always make everybody laugh. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Again, still never seen it. I almost put that on the other day and then I decided no. Because of the scene? I just don't like it. Yeah, I know what you mean, but it's a classic for a reason. The Man with Two Brains. Is that any any fun? Never seen it. Never seen it. I feel like I saw it as a kid, but. It happened one night. Reviewed it on this podcast. Clueless. I love it. Mm-hmm. But I don't really think of it as like a, I want to laugh, so I'm going to put on Clueless. It's yeah. more like, I want to enjoy myself. And yeah, it's I want to have a fun, nostalgic. brainless, fun, 90s nostalgic time. Yeah. A Fish Called Wanda. I enjoyed that some yeah, pretty back funny. in the day. Pretty funny. Wayne's World. I don't ever want to see Wayne's World again. I haven't seen I it really, since I was a kid. I really, really dislike it. Mike Myers. That is you. Man. He kills Boy. that girl. And then he kills her boyfriend. It's a dumb joke. I'm sorry. No, no, no. For was, shame, Jake. I was about to yes for and. Shame. You should have let me. We could <laughs> have like, just did that happen it. at the end of Wayne's World? No, I, I don't think so. I will yes and anything <laughs> unless it doesn't deserve it. But I think that I respect the attempt and I want to support it where I can. Um, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, I like that movie. Best in show. I like that movie. The Royal Tenenbaum. I like that movie. You like a lot of movies, Nathan. Yeah. The Great Dictator. Office Space. Got my thing. I don't Thanks. like Office Space. No dang. But that might just be me reacting to it's not. people it's not making too much of it. Nah, it's not very good. All right. Now we're just listing movies. We are just <laughs> listing movies. Yeah. Now it's just like, did we see it or didn't we? Yeah. How many movies has Nathan seen? All of them. Who cares? But he sure is proud of himself. Philadelphia uh, Story. Philadelphia Story. Love it. Uh, yeah, that's great. But not as a laugh. Yes. <laughs> you want to laugh. Safety Last actually is closer to being a laugh. Yeah. Sure. It's almost more of a suspense. I know. It is, but it's got some of both. Yeah. Yeah, the first third is very funny. You yeah. know what made me laugh a lot back in the day, and I, I don't ever see this again, but Hot Fuzz, oh man, I laughed a lot, I have to say. That might actually be the answer to Jake's question. If I was just like, I want to laugh. It was really funny. I want to turn on Hot Fuzz. A great big bushy beer. Yeah. <laughs> Hot Fuzz is funny. Don't usually love those guys. Did not love Shaun of the Dead, but Hot Fuzz was funny. Okay. Movies. 
Mm. You watch them. You have opinions. Hmm. Patreon accounts. You go to them. You support us. Patreon.com forward slash sanity at the movies is the place. Hey, you can also rate, review, subscribe, share. Those are the ways to grow the podcast. Until next time. Don't let your dad eat pie.